Welcome to episode 193 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me wallowing in the failure of my alma mater in big-time college sports to avoid wallowing in the mire of failure of seemingly most of the world at damn near everything else on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me tonight, as usual, is Chris. Where can we find you insinuating that John Williams is a plagiarist, Chris? <laughs> I'm not insinuating. <laughs> Just flat out calling it out, huh? Yes. Uh, you can find me at C.D. Villas and you're taking shots at John Williams. Well, so here's the thing. The, so the running joke in the classical music community is that, you know, is John Williams a good composer? Yeah, he's lots of good composers. <laughs> so it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not... He's not hiding it well. Not, <laughs> I mean, really. He's not. Yeah. It's too yeah, bad these a, other composers don't have the estate of Marvin Gaye on their side. Because right. those people, they're like, listen, you got three bars, we're coming after you. Listen, they, 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 uh, the classical music people, like, they, they just really, because cause that dude probably stole it from someone else. So that's, that's just how it works in, in that. Uh, that's the way it works in music, right? Everything is something else? It, it, eventually, yes. Right. Well, we're here to educate you this week with little-known and likely little-needed knowledge, as in segment one, we're cracking open the Hollywood history books for some little-known lore of the silver screen. In segment two, we'll help you recognize if you're dating a psychopath, which apologies to all of our married friends, where it's probably too late. And finally, in segment three, it's a return to the Moron Chronicles, where you can receive some guidance on the kinds of behaviors that cause your friends, family, and roommates to write about you on the internet. Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said before we head to the OT for a quick examination on the reasons that workplace rules probably are only as effective as the person enforcing them. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at holla, holla. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that, can you think of anything that would kill you faster than a 9-inch Reese's peanut butter cup, Chris? <laughs> that is... That was an amazing move by the the Hershey's people, and God bless them. It's like we're gonna make we're gonna make a limited run of these, and people are gonna want them like crazy. So crazy. for anybody that doesn't know, Reese's unveiled a three point four pound pie sized peanut butter cup for the holidays. The Reese's peanut butter pie, yeah, and it's not really a pie at all. It's just a giant. It's a nine inch peanut butter cup. <laughs> there were only three thousand of them. And they were $45. Yeah. And you know what? I, I love Reese's. I love Reese's peanut butter cups. I think we, I think, uh, I think the, uh, the candy bracket from a ways back, like highlighted the fact that it is a, it is a, it is a great thing. Yeah. It's amazing thing. I think maybe the Reese's peanut butter pie is too much. Well, between my dairy allergy and your A1C, uh, it's big trouble <laughs> for you and I specifically. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, they're going for like $300, $400 on eBay right oh, now. People, people are reselling? Oh, yes. <laughs> now, now my my sense of it is that people just want it so they could like take their picture with it Maybe. On, on social media and then they don't want to eat it. They just want to give it away. Then someone else can buy it and they can take their picture with it and uh, and then they can ship it off. But, the, but it's something like 8,000 calories. <laughs> oh, well, it's, if you want to know, I mean, it's so it's. According to Hershey, the company says there are only two ingredients in the pie, peanut butter and chocolate, just like the original. And as for the company, sorry, I'm reading this. Uh, each slice contains 160 calories, but each pie should be cut into 48 slices. <laughs> 48 <laughs> slices. 48 slices. So if you can imagine 48 so. slices of a pie... You're talking about a nine-inch pie too. It's not like a huge pie. No, it's le- forty-eight slices. Now, if it's a clock, yeah, you're basically getting less than two minutes of pie. Yeah, on your clock. That's that's how much pie you're getting as your serving size. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing runs about seventy-seven hundred calories. Mm-hmm. Yes, two minutes of pie is nothing. Now, when at our house, if someone's cutting me pie, I always tell them in minutes, like how much pie I want. Sure, yeah. it's like give me eight minutes of pie. Right, right. I think five minutes is what I would consider a standard portion. Five minutes of pie? Yeah, is that too much? Not enough. Well, for a regular person, <laughs> <laughs> like a standard like apple pie, whatever. I think you get more like at least like ten minutes of. If pie. It's pumpkin pie. You got to give me. I need fifteen minutes. 
Just got a quarter of that. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> but but just think about getting two minutes of 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 Reese's pie, and you'd be so, you'd you'd look at it on the plate, and you'd go, what "The fuck, no!" I'd rather just have a cup. Just give me, or just give me a reasonable. Just give me a reasonable slice. For Hershey's to come out and say, well, the recommended serving size is 148th of the pie is just ridiculous. Just, you made it, just lean into it. Well, if you didn't get one of these Reese's Pies and you wanted one, due to the high demand, the company recommends another product in place of it. A one pound pack of the world's largest Reese's peanut butter cups, which contains two eight ounce cups. Okay. Yeah. That also sounds intriguing. See, the th- here's the... I'm generally against fun size, right? Fun size is generally stupid. Fun size peanut butter cups are particularly insulting. It's like, just give me one. <laughs> just one regular. I like the minis, the ones that are a little bit no, taller. No, the, n- what? No, no, you know, th- those, that's different. I like that one. That's different. I mean, I would, when I was young, I was known to eat an entire bag of those, which <laughs> poor form, but... That's before I was like ill affected by such things. Right, right. But I don't want, I don't want, don't, you save your Reese's pieces, save all that other stuff. I just, I want, I, I do, I just want the, I just want the, the chocolate peanut butter mix. Now, if you're eating the pie, doesn't the, doesn't the ratio get off? Like, there's no way, I mean, you're eating a lot more of the peanut butter part. Right. I mean, you're getting a lot more of the filling and than you are of the, of, of the crust. And I think the, the, I think the the magic of the peanut butter cup is that it's a really nice balance between the grainy peanut butter, <laughs> which is nice and satisfying, and the chocolate shell. This feels like too much, she- not enough shell and too much, too much peanut butter. Well, the way they're promoting it on the original picture, uh huh. Is a regular slice of pie. Yeah, that's like that's like eight minutes of pie right there. That's like eight hundred. It's this is pushing nine hundred calories. This piece of pie that they have on this promotional like beauty shop. And I mean, I guess if you want to go to the hospital in a diabetic coma, the Reese's nine inch pie is the dessert for you. Ten minutes of pie is what people mostly get. Right, you get six pieces. Is that right? Like, like if someone said, I'm going to cut this pie for us, they would cut it in half. Yeah, I guess five minutes would be too small. I'm thinking of a large. They would situation. cut it. They would cut it in half and then each half they'd cut into thirds. That sounds about right. So that's like 10 minutes of pie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because eight minutes, because, because, because if you cut it, like if you quarter it and then cut it into eights, mm-hmm. it's not enough pie. That's, that's like, that's no good. Well, then you just have to eat two. <laughs> I think most people quarter it and cut it into eights. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody somebody chime in on this on the Twitter and let us know how you cut your pie. I'm a I think 6 is the standard pie cut for me personally if I'm cutting some pie for people. Speaking of speaking to anyone who might actually reply and tell us what they do. Shout out to all the subscribers out there. Like we've been doing this for a long time and I have a pretty good idea of what the actual subscriber base is versus like what the, you know, the weekly downloads sort of move around. Mm-hmm. But like when I don't promote the show because I'm being lazy. I have a pretty good idea what the subscriber base is. And I just want to shout out those people who have been hanging with us for so long. Yeah, we love them. I've been thinking about it for a while, and and I just keep meaning to bring it up, and I never write it into my introduction. So thanks to you folks for listening to the show and keeping us coming back every every week. And and tell us how you cut that pie. Yes, please. Let's go to segment number one. All right, in segment number one, um, we've done some movie segments in the recent past, whether it was finding a, a new Bond or discovering that the Michael Myers mask is Bill Shatner. And that's led me to do some of the research required to be ready for those shows, but also left me with like a treasure trove of random Hollywood trivia. So it's time to clear the decks on some of this backlog. And perhaps this will help some of our dear listeners and if they ever get to go back to like pub trivia, or if you have gone back to pub trivia, we're here to help. So we're going to do a little did you know in Hollywood history. First story I've got for you, Chris, is that Chevy Chase was tricked by John Landis from being in Animal House. <laughs> and the story goes like this. Universal, the studio, wanted Chevy instead of John Belushi. And Chevy, he had already lined up a, a, a starring role in Foul Play with Goldie Hawn, but was interested and agreed to meet with the producer, John Landis, as I mentioned. Landis says that he told Chevy at lunch, hey, our picture's an ensemble, collaborative group effort like Saturday Night Live, you'll fit right in. Whereas in Foul Play, that's like being a leading man, Cary Grant or Paul Newman, a real movie star part. You'd probably be better off with us, right? And of course, Chevy being the 
notorious egotistical asshole he did, or he is, uh, decided to do foul play that nobody remembers. Right. The, you know, I, Chevy Chase has a really interesting career, but I would totally understand. By interesting, why no, do you mean bad? No, he's got, he's got iconic roles. I yeah, mean, yeah, but it's not a good career. He made. I'm money. sorry, underachievement. Underachieving, perhaps. Yes. yes, but I mean, if if you said your whole career was the one part in Caddyshack and Fletch and a Fletch and and a Fletch movie, you'd be go, you're you're in. That's it's amazing. I think you need Christmas Vacation on there too. He got some vacation movies yeah. in there. So, I mean, so Chevy Chase did fine, but yes, he's a notorious asshole. And I, and I, <laughs> and it's no surprise that no one wanted to work with him, really, to be honest. I think that Landis just really wanted Belushi. I mean, Belushi makes that movie. I it's mean, a different perfect. movie with Chevy Chase. He can't be in the Bluto part. It has to be no. something, it's a completely different movie. No, yeah, he, yeah, he, he wouldn't be Bluto anyway. He couldn't have been, right? No, not, no, no chance. All right. Next, speaking of Chevy Chase, I want to talk to you for a minute about Caddyshack because Caddyshack is one of the weirdest popular movies that like it endures for for of any of those movies of that of that ilk, right? It goes, mm-hmm. I think it's 1981 Caddyshack, and the fact that it's, I mean, men of a certain age, it's definitely a men of a certain age kind of movie because oh, you try sure. to watch it now and you try to show it to somebody, they're like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's no real plot to the movie whatsoever," and I guess. Um, the original cut that by, by Harold Ramis, who, by the way, this is directorial debut. The first cut of this of Caddyshack was four and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> How could it be four and a half hours? <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. So the, the original movie had a lot more to do with like Danny and the caddies and Danny's girlfriend, which is why we had that one weird throwaway scene where she's so upset about getting pregnant because that was like a huge part. God, of the first movie. Such bad acting. Anyway. <laughs> Why is she Irish? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so essentially because Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, and Roddy Dangerfield were like so much better than the actual movie, they decided to keep all of that stuff and just junk the entire main plot. And so the studio, as a suggestion, decided to make all of those gopher scenes be the through line of the movie. So that was like a last minute thing. They did that, all that gopher shit. Yeah. You know, there's always, and you know, it does sort of stick out, right? Like a sort of. It's thumb. weird. It's weird. It's the, the, the stuff, the stuff gopher puppet and the whole thing. Yeah. But there are all kinds of movies where they just jam somebody in for like no real reason. Especially in the eighties. Yeah. And it just happened, you know, like someone's famous, like, like it's like Usher and she's all that. Like, like he doesn't have any interactions with anybody. He's like <laughs> no. the DJ, yes. or he's the he's the he's the, the the morning DJ who works at the school radio, and then he's at the dance. But he doesn't like they just said, let's get Usher in here for two days and have him shoot some scenes, and we'll just plug him into the movie because he's famous, and we can like hip up our movie a little bit. We can put him in the trailer, right? Yeah. Exactly, starring he's Usher. Not, he's not <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> All right, I forget what the high school is called. All right, now you show them that dance I taught you, and then yeah, everyone oh. knows the perfect choreography. I, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. That movie, I whatever. I don't want to get into that movie. Don't get into that movie. She we, comes we, down the stairs in the dress, and it's like she always looked like this. Yeah, she just changed her clothes. I'm, I'm very upset. <laughs> anyway. So this right. is, I understand why they threw the puppet in there, just because what the fuck? Right? It endures, right? It, they needed some reason to move from scene to scene and hang out at the golf course. Because little, otherwise, really, it's just a bunch of sketches. Yeah. Other, based around the country club. Other little known fact is this movie released on the same day as ACDC's Back in Black. Okay. And it should, and it should be a national holiday. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Caddyshack in Black? Uh-huh. Okay. All right, next, this one is super weird. And the reason it's super weird is because I did not know there was some 1967 Bond spoof called Casino Royale. I was not aware that the first Casino Royale movie was not part of the actual, like, Bond family. So, as a young child, you'd get to watch, you know, the, the, the local independent station would run, like, random movies. Because they didn't have anything. They had news, they had, like, hockey games, and they had, like, random movies. And random movies would come around. And this one would come around, and it was so confusing to me. Because I would, because I watched James Bond movies. Yeah. 
And then you would say, coming up next, James Bond in Casino Royale. And you're like, okay, I'll sit there. And I, I sat through this thing the first time as like a young kid and went, the hell? <laughs> this, it's bad. And it's weird. And it doesn't make any sense. And I don't think, I, I probably can't tell you the last time I even thought about it. Or, or I would definitely not sit through it. I clearly just had no concept that this existed. Like, I feel like I've seen all of the, or at least I think I've seen if not all of them, very close to all the Connery Bonds. Mm-hmm. I've seen, definitely seen all the Roger Moore and the Timothy, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and, and Daniel Craig movies. Mm-hmm. I guess I just assumed I had seen whatever this was until I actually got into this. The reason I, I got into this is because there's like this story that I, that I dug up was that Peter Sellers shot Jacqueline Bissett <laughs> in the face on the set of this movie. And I'm like, wait a minute, Peter Sellers? I'm like, right. what, what Bond movie has Peter Sellers in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did I, you know, and, and no, he's playing like one of the many Bonds. Apparently the, the plot of this movie is that Bond comes out of retirement and like makes all of the agents Bond somehow. I don't, it's, I've never seen it. I can't, I, I can't. No, Orson I Welles is in it. <laughs> There's a, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's notoriously terrible. I, I just young enough, I guess, to not be aware of it. But Good I think it's you. hilarious that Peter Sellers was like, started a feud with Orson Welles by calling him fat a bunch. <laughs> And that Jacqueline Bissett's character is named Miss Goodthighs. It seems about right. And he shoots her in the face with a blank. Like it burns yeah. gun. The gunpowder burns her skin. And they're like, she had tiny like shrapnel marks all over her face. Okay. So we've made this mistake. Africans have made this mistake over the years. And in some cases have cost themselves their lives by shooting blanks at themselves or holding up a gun to their head and shooting a blank and killing themselves. I mean, it's an explosive people. Let's uh, let's treat it with some respect. Yeah, maybe Peter it, needs to calm down on set. Yeah, and especially like like somebody totally hot like Jacqueline Bizet. He almost ruined her in 1966. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she's sort of the uh, I guess in in that era she look she's like the um, Liz Hurley. She's mm. she's Liz Hurley in 1967. Yeah. Don't ruin the Liz Hurley of 1967. Don't do that. And then her quote is so revealing, too. She talks about, like, I thought I'd been actually shot. I realized I'd been a blank. I thought I'd been blinded. And then she's like, my face looked like a shower spout of pinpricks leaking blood. To get shot in your first scene with a big star, that's a nightmare. Wait, what? <laughs> you're you're worried that, like, you ruined it by getting shot in the face? Right. <laughs> yes. Terrible. I don't know. I learned yeah. a lot in this Casino Royale thing. I, I yeah. can't possibly even pack it into the segment. I, I could... We could probably do a whole show on this insane movie. <laughs> All right. Next, um, another sliding doors screen uh, acting moment. Uh, MGM wanted Shirley Temple to play Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I can totally see why they would want this. And then the reason I brought this to uh, the show is because I, I think it's very interesting. I, this reminds me of the time where the studios had the contract with the actor, right? Like the studio, mm-hmm. you played for the team. Yeah. Sort of like what we talked about with Tom Hanks and being on yeah. the Apple Plus con- uh, right. payroll. Right. And that MGM was going to trade Clark Gable and Gene Harlow to Fox for Shirley Temple. But then Gene Harlow died. So they, they didn't, they weren't able to do it. And that's why it continued to get made with Judy Garland. And then the commissioner blocked the trade because it was. Because no it was longer too, fair, I suppose. It was no longer fair, I suppose. That's, I, you know, I mean, obviously Judy Garland is Dorothy. So, I mean, I wouldn't know from any, this seems like on paper that it would work. It would work just fine. Yeah. But you know, Judy Garland, that voice, that singing voice. And you you just can't, you know, you just can't fake that. So, so I think it would have been a fine movie. Would have been like, would have been legendary as it is today. I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. Right. Yeah. All right. A couple more. Um, I have so many, I always pull way too much of this. So we never have enough time. (laughs) But a couple more I want to touch on. That Strange Brew is a, uh, a, a version of Hamlet. The movie Strange <laughs> Brew. I don't know if you're... So the, um, the characters, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, played by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, mm-hmm. back from back during the SCTV days. Apparently, apparently those characters came around because in Canada, the show ran two minutes longer of actual show because of the commercial agreements. So the station said... Fill it with uh, Canadian content. And they were like annoyed by the fact that they were being told to fill it with CanCon. <laughs> and <laughs> right. so they decided to be it like the, the, the most ridiculous cultural stereotype they could think of 
for Canadians. Yeah. Just to thumb their nose at Canadian, their fellow Canadians. Correct. But it ends up being, of course, the most popular sketch to come out of this show altogether. <laughs> they make an entire movie of it, right? Which and, which which was a very much a staple in the early days of premium cable. Yes, like we watched a lot of Strange Brew. I've seen Strange Brew multiple times. Nope. I never understood what I was watching. Nope. I was, I nope. Never, <laughs> no. No. It was funny, it. but I couldn't explain why. Right. Um, but in Hamlet, uh, you know, Hamlet, the Danish prince, returns home to Elsinore Castle to find that his father has been murdered and his mother has shacked up with the culprit, his uncle. In Strange Brew. The McKenzie brothers learn that the owner of their favorite brewery has been killed by an evil brewmaster. The owner's daughter is in cahoots. Her uncle's trying to cover it up. It's not like exactly copy, but they, they did. They said they based it on Hamlet. Um, and there's they made a little uh, acknowledgement of it by calling the brewery the Elsinore Brewery. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> they're well. They're well read. Rick Moranis is well read. I, I would believe that. And then last, I want to leave our listeners with this one, and this one might actually come up. Quentin Tarantino played an Elvis impersonator on the Golden Girls in 1988. <laughs> and the reason I found this one so interesting is because this gets Reservoir Dogs made. Quentin's residual payments from these, this two-part episode of Golden Girls, when it was like when it aired and then was in syndication, he said he made like a few thousand dollars off of it, and it kept him alive while he was trying to get Reservoir Dogs made. And so he says, if you like Reservoir Dogs, you can thank Golden Girls. I'm sorry, but here's the deal with Quentin Tarantino. Love him or hate him, this guy fucking hustled his ass off to get where he is. He yeah. absolutely is 100% committed to doing the things that he does. And God bless him. I think he's I think he's terrific. I mean, I don't always love his stuff, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for a guy who loved movies so much that he would just do anything to get his movies made. I always love part of everything he does. I don't always love the entire oh. piece of work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, I understand that. I, I think that sums it up probably better than, than I did. Yeah. I always like at least some part of what he's doing. Maybe yeah. not the whole thing. He's always showing me something also that I've never seen before. And I can always appreciate it in the moment. Yeah. Mostly because he rips off from movies that were happened before I was born. He's the John Williams of movie making. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to segment two. All right, in segment two, I I teased, um, you know, these these back catalog stuff that I have that I hang on to forever and ever, Um, you know, about the I think we talked about like the 10 things you should know about a woman's brain or something like (laughs) came up. (laughs) Are you been reading Cosmopolitan again? Internet Cosmopolitan. Yes, Internet Cosmo. Um, so this is 11 signs you're dating a psychopath. Now, first, now, a while back we had signs that you might be a psychopath. Yes. And if the answer to that quiz was no, perhaps you might be dating a psychopath. So now we're going to help you in this way. Yeah, we're not doing this one quiz style. That was the other one. Like, you had to answer mm. a bunch of questions. This, yeah, yeah. this one is just straight up, like, uh, an, uh, analysis. Okay. So okay. things to keep an eye out for. Yeah. And I got to say, um, this is a little concerning. This list is not. um... (laughs) So number one, they're arrogant. All right. So psychopaths normally view themselves as being better than everyone else. Okay, sure. That's okay. That's fine. That's on the Venn diagram of the of the thing. Like there are a lot of arrogant people who aren't psychopaths. It's true. But okay. But you have to be. You have to be. In order to be a psychopath, at least one thing you have to be is arrogant. Is that what they're saying? That's correct. Okay. Famous for demonstrating a desire to talk endlessly about their own accomplishments while having little or no patience to, to listen to others talk about theirs. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I, I have a problem there. <laughs> um, I actually don't really like to talk about myself, but I definitely don't want to hear anybody else talk about themselves either. The <laughs> right. All right. Number two, manipulation. A steady hallmark of a psychopath's behavior is the strong desire to manipulate and control others. Right. This is the gaslighting piece. Getting they there, will, yeah. They will, they will gaslight you. They will m- manipulate you. Man- I had a friend who, like, because I, you know, because I grew up in, like in the Midwest, but he would say manipulate. <laughs> <laughs> what did it eat? I don't know. What to say. <laughs> I'm being manipulated. I'm like, what? Are you sure you're saying this word right? <laughs> are you hearing yourself speak right now? Anyway. Oh, 
I went to the. I went to the. Oh, I got. I got some manipulation done. <laughs> I got manipulated. <laughs> uh, psychopath might say things like, "If you truly love me, you'll do this." <laughs> just sounds well, like a guy trying to talk his girlfriend the... into anal sex. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Why I said that out loud. All right, number three: irresponsible behavior. Psychos are not known for being the most responsible people. They often believe they have far more important and self-serving activities to be engaged in and will have no problem shirking important responsibilities and letting others pick up the pieces. Any responsibility they demonstrate tends to be an act. All right. I mean, I, you know, if we're, if we're talking about Patrick Bateman, I felt like he was very, you know, I thought he was very responsible. Perhaps. Maybe he set up auto pay. Yeah, right. If, if I'm comparing him to, if because in my mind I was thinking about American Psycho as I was reading these things, <laughs> and, and I don't, I think he was very, I think he was very, uh, I think he was very responsible. I think it's though once he um, indulges in the behavior, though it it spirals, right? And I think sure. that's part of what we're talking about here is that. Got it. You know, I'm thinking of like Ted Bundy, right? Who like had to keep moving around. Yeah. Partly because yeah. he couldn't keep his life together. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, number four, and you're not going to be surprised by this one. They lack empathy. Really? Yes. Huh. It's one of the reasons they're so dangerous. They don't, so I'm worried about my seven-year-old daughter who, <laughs> who clearly doesn't empathy. care about anyone. <laughs> who lacks empathy. <laughs> yeah. She, maybe she's just a kid. That's right. No, they, I mean, uh, they're, I mean, both my children to some extent. And I guess maybe, see, that's the thing is like, I always feel like I may not care about people, but I care about people. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I actually care writ large about like behaving in a way that is not impactful to others. Mm-hmm. But I also don't care at a personal <laughs> level about like anybody's anything. Mm. That's a funny that's a funny place to be. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a my older my older has a low has a high IQ and a low a little bit of a low EQ. Mm. And my younger, he's a little more EQ. I wouldn't say he has less IQ. I mean, he's good at school, but I mean, he just, you know, he's not cerebral. He's not, he's not introspective at all. Sure. Yeah. I, I am very introspective and I'm very analytical. And that's, that leads me to the lack of empathy sometimes. Cause I'm, I'm not afraid of the truth in any way. Like if I, like I, I feel very proud of myself to say that if I fuck up, I'll own it immediately. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, but, but so I can't understand why other people don't want to hear the truth all the time. <laughs> So I'm really bad about, you know, like I'm getting better. Getting back into leadership at work has helped yeah. because I have to do the, the, um, the shit sandwich. Yes. Right. For yes. feedback. Uh huh. Let me tell you something nice. About this yourself. was good. This yeah. sucked, but you know, yeah. it'll be, it'll, it, things will get better. Yeah. It helps to not be an, I think it's good for me to not be an individual contributor anymore. <laughs> right. I hear you. All right. Number five, the psychopaths are emotionally disconnected. Hmm. Um, it says that the early days and weeks of a new relationship are usually filled with passion and showering of affection, but with a true psychopath, that's all just an act crafted to keep the relationship moving forward. But what if it lasts for like 25 years? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if you let them manipulate you, <laughs> it's like a Shel Silverstein poem that, uh, that basically describes this, um, my kids have been really into that for a while now. Uh, the Shel Silverstein books and, and what the <laughs> the Giving Tree, not that one, but the poem, the, 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 the where the side where the sidewalk ends and the light in the attic and so on. Yeah, anyway. but there's a poem, and uh, it's it's called Best Friends, and it's like it, it says basically, uh, I've come up with a way for you and I to be best friends forever. I simply tell you what to do and you do it. <laughs> 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 yes. Someday we'll have to get into the giving tree and what a just a toxic book that thing is. Anyway. Well, that kid. What's the matter with that kid? What an asshole. <laughs> All right. Number six, disregard for the rules. Okay. Again, self-centered, only concerned about themselves. Um, a common potential downfall for a psycho is they will see themselves as smarter than everyone else. That goes with the arrogance. It goes with the arrogance and the lack of empathy. Yes. <laughs> it's all building. It's all building the... It's all building to something here. Now, see, I, I'm, 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 I'm just logical because I, 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 this sometimes applies to me too. Like my kids, and I've said this to you before. It's like I, I agree with all of the, or I, I abide by all the rules I agree with. 
<laughs> right. Which is most of them. Yeah, but there's some you're just like, that's dumb and I'm not going to do it. Correct. <laughs> it's very stupid. I, I, I refuse to abide by, by poorly thought out rules. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, my computer is dragging all of a sudden. Uh, number seven, promiscuity. Pro- psychopaths are quite likely to have multiple sexual relationships going on at the same time because they truly do not care for other people and do not form meaningful, loving relationships. They just want to get on it. Do you think this, like, I'm always, I'm endlessly fascinated by the multiple families people. I can't, I can't get away from this idea. Like, I really want a follow-up story on the pandemic, about the post-pandemic. Like, what did the people do? Yeah, I don't know. Secret I mean, family yes. people. What happened Secret with Secret family. Secret family trucker is my favorite story of all time. <laughs> like, I have no, I, I just, I'm just tired thinking about it. But here's the other thing about, you know, here's how you know you're normal. Or maybe skewing toward normal. Mm-hmm. If you, if as you're going through this list, if you think to yourself, "My God, I'm just tired thinking about like how do how do I how would I live my life like this?" You probably skew toward normal. Yeah, like you're not you're, you know, these people are all swimming sharks, and I know a couple of people who are swimming sharks. They can't sit by themselves, mm-hmm. and they can't not do things. They have to be like, oh, I have to go do something. And like these, those are the people, and I know. I know a couple of people in particular <laughs> who are like this. There is and we, a, and you and I probably know one of those. You, you, you probably know who I'm talking about. There is a, a common theory too that you can't be a CEO of like a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company without potentially being a bit of a psychopath. Oh, and there's no question about it. And you can't be Michael Jordan without being a psychopath, and you can't be Tiger Woods without being a psychopath. They're all. They, I mean, all this stuff is like. You, you go, this is Tiger Woods. You could just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way through. Well, number I mean, eight is lying. Maybe, yeah, exactly. So maybe <laughs> after he, the promiscuity, right? So again, there's a, there's a certain, there's a certain meanness that people have to have in order to get great at something mm-hmm. at, to that level. And you have to be disconnected. You have to, you have, you can't be normal and be, and achieve what most of those people achieve it just it's just not possible i uh i definitely feel like my own lack of um desire to manipulate people in situations has like been somewhat career limiting like i think i could go higher if i cared enough to like like try to manipulate the situations more in my favor and i'm just like yeah i don't care how about just the truth the truth is easier it just it's just a constant yeah i don't have to keep track of it right and again it's exhausting if Mm. you're not if you're not wired like these like like if you're not wired at least mostly like a psychopath Mm -hmm. then it's hard for you to achieve like corporate dominance yeah like there's just you have to be like this well number nine is fake charm (laughs) so you can tell us about that chris go ahead what do you mean (laughs) my charm is 96.4 percent real just saying they're likely to dominate group conversations and show little regard for the participation of others True nature can often be revealed by their tendency to behave in an egotistical or narcissistic personality. I will take up social space if people need me to. Like if you're at a if you're at a gathering and it's lame mm-hmm. and someone just needs to sort of step in and like do the fake charm thing and, you know, get people maybe a little more invested in the gathering. I'm sure I, I will do that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done that too. Because it's just like, let's just, I want to have fun. And it's not fun if, if this is like this. So if I have to, I guess I'll step in and be this person. I was at a group thing, um, a group a group project essentially at work mm. this week. And there was a, it was a series of qu- uh, questions that we needed to answer. And, and I, I had a fairly strong point of view of the subject matter. And I, it was very difficult because I, the, the people running the thing would keep asking questions. And I would sit in silence. For at least five seconds every time, but I would an- then I ended up answering every single question that they asked, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm not." If you know, you guys don't. If you haven't thought this out, you don't have a pos- point of view on this. Okay, well, I'm glad you're here, but I'm going to go ahead and take the wheel at this thing. Right, right. And, and if you can, and if you can make an argument, if you can make an argument for me to change my direction, I'll hear it. Always, 100 percent right. of the time. Always, I'm always willing yeah. to have my mind changed. Right. Please tell me a reason that I, I my logic is faulty and that you have some more information for me. I want to be wrong. Mm, yeah. 
Because yeah. if I'm right, then we're just bad at this. Right. Like, <laughs> or I'd like you to challenge my I'd like you to challenge my thinking so that I could either affirm sure. my thinking or change course. Always. All right, last two. Number ten is impulsive behavior. I think that I think that rom coms have like ruined my generation because they sort of reward impulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. They want that we felt like we had to behave that way in order to like make girls like us. So mm-hmm. I'm blaming rom coms in general for this. So even if you're not a psychopath, you may have like been convinced by the <laughs> by the movies that you need to do something. Oh yeah. Like grand gestures and stuff. Grand gestures. Oh yeah. my god, I'm an yeah. idiot. I've done so much, so many dumb things. <laughs> Bought so many stupid, stupid things. Right. Let me let me fly somewhere for a thousand dollars. So I need to be there tomorrow. Right. Dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Rom-coms. sorry. Rob cops. Oh yes. Yeah. Let Did me chase you down in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Number eleven uh, is they are easily bored. And again, yeah. I feel like I touch way too many of these to be comfortable, but the fact that I'm uncomfortable with that means that I think that I, I, at least I'm in control of it. Exactly. Exactly. And yes, easily bored. This is the whole, this is the whole, yeah, swimming sharks thing. They mm-hmm. just cannot, they cannot sit still. They cannot be not engaged with something. I think my primary problem is that I have um, developed an addiction to either information or constant stimuli like it's not just information but it's like i can't i have to be doing something like if i'm doing the dishes i gotta be listening to a podcast if i'm uh if i'm sitting on the couch i gotta be reading or watching tv or playing video games or something like i i just constantly like if i'm not intaking something i'm feeling like i'm somehow i don't know wasting time i but i'm not wasting time doing the thing that i'm talking about Right. I think that in general that TV's too passive and again when, right. when uh and reading a book is too isolating. And so the halfway in between that is to watch something that is relatively throwaway on television mm-hmm. and then reading something that's relatively throwaway yeah. on your phone or and then and then being fine with being interrupted. Right. Yeah. Right. Cuz exactly. I don't care about any of this. I don't care about <laughs> Maybe this, this is, is just called noise. having kids. Yeah, or like playing a video game that I can yeah. pause and right. then like, okay, what what is what's the deal? You know, at least it's it's you know it's engaging in a in a certain way. But yeah, you know, I I hear you. I think sometimes unless the movie's like really good, or I decide like I'm gonna really sit down and watch this. I think right in general, television is just there to to be on, and then I'm doing something else. I watched uh, Shang Chi without looking at my phone. Room, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was a good movie. I was yeah, very I surprised. It. No, it's 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 entertaining for sure. All right. Well, before we get off on a different tangent, let's go to segment three. Not that segment three has anything to do with Shang-Chi. <laughs> but it's time for <laughs> The Moron Chronicles. Mm. We remember this from a few episodes back, quite a few episodes back. Um, so this is simply stories about idiots written to written on the internet for us to share with you all and ideally uh, you know, help you avoid some of these same mistakes. Or make you feel better about yourself if you're concerned that maybe you're a psychopath. We can go over some <laughs> of these things. Maybe, at least you're not maybe, a stupid one. Maybe if that that last list hit a little too close to home, maybe you, yeah, yeah, take comfort in the fact that there are people who are at least dumber than you are. That's right. All right. So this one's called, and that's the tea. It's very simple. This woman has asked her husband to make herbal tea for her the first in their first year of their marriage. She walked into the kitchen to find him standing over the stove with a mug of water sitting directly on the burner. And this is so many of these are people just don't know how to cook anything. <laughs> right. So how do you feel about the logic of this? Because I don't think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. It's just no. clearly you have no idea what you're doing. No, you're I mean, I see the logic in it. I mean, right. maybe I just it's ceramic. Ceramic gets hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> that thing that cup will explode. But at least she caught him before it before it did. I mean, it's like, dude, at least. Throw it in the microwave or something. I don't know. Whatever. That also doesn't work. You what? can't microwave water hot. Just the cup gets hot. The wa- no. It doesn't of work. Of course right. you can't. It just doesn't. It doesn't. You have to like do weird stuff or like put a <laughs> chopstick in it or whatever. It <laughs> doesn't work. All right. Just get a kettle. All right. Next one's called She's Come Undone. And here's more about cooking because I love this one. Mm. I had a roommate in university whose cooking method was to put baked beans in a Tupperware, seal the lid, 
turn on the microwave, and when the lid pops and explodes beans everywhere, that's that means they're done. <laughs> one one time, I came home to find the oven on and billowing smoke. I opened the door to find was an entire lasagna bubbling on the bottom of the oven. He had bought himself a frozen lasagna that said, step one, remove outer packaging. Step two, place on the middle tray of the oven. He literally thought that outer packaging was anything outside the lasagna, so he tore away the shell that the lasagna cooks in and placed it straight on the rack. So as it defrosted, it just melted through the rack onto the, the bottom of the oven. That is hilarious. The uh, I remember I remember my daughter one time thought she could bake cookies in the microwave mm. and and tried to do that. That was a that was a wild disaster. But um the worst thing about oven mishaps like that is cleaning a fucking oven out. Yeah, I just it's the worst. This is like Olaf from Frozen levels of stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I in summer Re- remove what, packaging. What like, happens okay. when cold things get very hot? <laughs> yeah, that I mean at least they would have put it on like on a sheet tray. I mean, I could see that. It's like, oh, dude. It's like, well, I took it all off and then I put it on the sheet tray and then I baked it and it got and then it like melted all over and then dripped over the side. I mean, like I could live with that. Yeah. But but just to put it on the rack. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I mean, moron, moron. Are you under the influence of drugs? It's <laughs> the only explanation for this. Behavior. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. This next one is called Cracked in the Head. A 19-year-old dude asked me, how do you cook a fried egg? I gave him instructions and left him to do it. Came back a while later to ask how it went. Fine in the end, but it took a few attempts because the yolk kept breaking. What do you mean it kept breaking? Well, I kept throwing them away because I thought breaking the yolk made it poisonous. <laughs> how do you arrive at these thoughts? You just have to hold. Yeah. I, I need the yolk Wait, to stay together. Like, You've eaten it, no, right? This, this is like a this is like a, an adult person, like nineteen year olds, ostensibly an adult. <laughs> but you've never cooked your own egg. What? Never had scrambled eggs. Apparently, has no idea. I mean, I guess maybe if you whip them up in advance, that neutralizes the, <laughs> the poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a feeling that's like a I'm confused about what salmonella is thing. Oh, maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah, raw eggs are bad, but I don't really understand anything beyond that. <laughs> raw eggs aren't even bad for you. It's just, you know, it's the shell that has the salmonella on it. But whatever. <laughs> Your brain has the shell on it. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know what it is about 19-year-old men, but this one's called biting off more than he can digest. I was dating a 19-year-old guy. I explained that eating raw nuts is healthy, so he bought a bag of peanuts. He complained two days later that he was going to stop eating them because they upset his stomach. So I got a free bag of peanuts. Yay. He was stunned when he saw me shelling them and eating the nut because he was eating them shell and all for two days. <laughs> really? Surprisingly, the relationship did not end well. Plus, that would taste awful. I just, I'm very fascinated. I get it that people aren't exposed to different foods. Mm-hmm. But again, like. I mean, Mr. Peanut's a peanut. <laughs> How right. am I supposed to know what a peanut's supposed to look like? I eat Nutter Butters. They look like peanuts. I don't have to shell those. Circus peanuts. They're they disgusting, like but they also look like a shelled peanut. <laughs> right. Or a, a, a shell-on peanut, rather. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this kid just didn't know. I don't know. What, maybe he just thought the ones that come in the jar are, like, different kind. Like, those are I, not peanuts. Those are some I, other sort of... For two days, he like would chomp it on those shells. I just, <laughs> I just can't even. I've eaten like one peanut shell in my life just for the hell of it, and it's I would disgusting. never do it again. It's horrible, it's off- disgusting. Like if you eat a shell, or if you eat like a fruit rind of any kind, oh, disgusting, like wildly <laughs> disgusting. It's pretty bad. I, I'd, I certainly wouldn't have eaten them for two days that way. I'd have been like, "How can you eat these? They taste terrible." Like, dude, crack them out. I saw a classic internet video today that, that uh, has been around for a number of years, and I can never tell if it's staged or not. It seems pretty staged. But there's a guy who's he's coughing, and he's got like a bag of nuts, and he's coughing, and he tries to answer the phone, and he's coughing, and he's like, hold on, and he's choking or whatever. And then he, he throws the phone to his buddy, and he's like, tell him I got to call him back because I'm uh, choking on these nuts. And then, and then the guy repeats it. He's like, sir, he says he'll have to call you back because he's choking on some nuts. Anyway, 
You're not going <laughs> to sell that at all. No. I don't know. I was waiting for an uh, actual punchline. Well, the choking, choking on, on some nuts. Nuts. Yes, but yeah. When you say these nu- these nuts. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> all right. This next one's called Slip and Slide. My roommate in college was 22. He lived in an apartment for three years prior to moving in together. He legitimately did not know how to remove a trash bag from a trash can, had never turned on an oven before, and my favorite, complained one day that the bathroom was always sopping wet every time they showered. I finally realized he had never put up a shower curtain. <laughs> I... Okay, so I think I've told this story before, but I had never operated a laundry machine until I went to college. Yes. And but I but I had seen it done. Right. You know, I mean, are you trying to tell me this guy never saw anyone take out the trash? Like you never they never went to a place like stayed in a place where they had a shower curtain? Like Right, I, that's what I don't understand. How right? this how sounds like it? this one sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's just not there's just there's just no possible way you can get to the age of twenty two and not and not know how to turn on an oven at least you twist the dial i don't know whatever this is ridiculous that's a, this is a ridiculous story so i don't mean to sidebar for moron chronicles but this brings me back to a twitter thread twitter thread that i saw some months ago at this point and it is very old it's like it itself it's like five years old and this guy is basically posting like what it what he's realized like living with a woman um <laughs> Um, like he says, I asked my girl why she changed the sheets every day. She says, cause they're dirty. Cause we slept on them. And he says every day. Well, that's what, yeah, that's a little intense. But then he's like, he says, they're still the same color though. Like they was waiting for the sheets to look dirty. <laughs> um, I was, I was a single guy once. I didn't, I probably didn't wash my sheets as often as I should have. Sure. Whenever was, I, I expected to potentially have guests. I made sure that I did it. Yes. That would be the forcing function for sure. Yeah. Then, but then he t- he goes on. He's like, she made the rule that I can't get into my bed with my outside clothes. That's uh, true. You yeah. should not get into your bed with your outside clothes on. It's no, disgusting. I have to. My kids sometimes, my, my daughter will be like, oh, I just want to wear these sweatpants to bed. I'm like, nah, you wear those all day at school. Yeah, no. 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 And then, like, he talks about the fact that she washed his, his underwear and he was, like, embarrassed. Uh, he, I'm terrified of a chick washing my drawers and she just did it with no issues. And then what? she said, I didn't bother the sock in your bottom drawer. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you have sex with this woman, right? Like she can't, you're, you're going to get all, you're going to get all, you're going to get all clutched up over her washing your underwear. I it's guess. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He says, by the way, y'all ever heard of some shit called decorative towels? She got some decorative towels that I apparently can't dry myself with. Why yeah, God? Wait, wait till she puts out the decorative soap. And if you fucking wash your hands with those, your ass is grass. He does say it goes both ways that her car broke down and that he was able to fix it for her and she didn't have to take it to the shop. She didn't know how to do it. Well, I mean, I mean that's 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 when you found that's when you found a good partner in life. You gotta you gotta you've gotta you've gotta fill in for each other's weaknesses. You that's gotta, right. You know you that's gotta, what's so great about this. I gotta okay. I'm gonna keep going through this because we'll wrap okay. this segment up with this. All right. Uh, he says that his girl's oil's light was on and she ignores it because it's just been on for a while. <laughs> So he changed the oil and the light went off and she screamed. The dryer was broken when they moved in. He fixed the motor in it. He says, I fixed the motor in it. She thought I was a wizard or something. I'm like, you know, this is a machine, right? And then he says, like, he talks about the the rags in the shower, like having a face rag separate from his body rag. Um, And that he had the washcloth debate. It's not something I really want to wade into right now (laughs) because I have some feelings on it and I I don't. All right. Look, you do whatever works for you. I, I prefer a, I use a silicone scrubbing device for my body. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I'm with you on this. Okay. Uh, he talked about how he had to Google what, what is an iron for? Cause she had an iron. He didn't know what it was. <laughs> and then this is why, this is why this reminded me of this. Cause he talks about, let me tell you about the shower. She got this fucking double shower curtain. I had never seen like a plastic one on the inside and one on the outside. And yes. then he was like, why do we have two? And she's like, because you put the plastic one on the inside, so it doesn't water doesn't drip on the floor. Uh huh. And you put the, and the cloth ones on the outside, so it looks nice. Correct. So it doesn't look like a, just a gross, disgusting sheet of plastic. Is it possible that these shower curtain people just always had a door shower? 
<laughs> no, I like that one. My favorite shower curtain is the one that's the half one, like the one sometimes you get at the at the at the hotel, mm-hmm. where you can kind of you can kind of see out the top of it because it's like gauzy. And then there, then on the, and then there's the, then there's the plastic on the inside that unclips from the cloth part on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, I love that shower curtain. If I had yeah, a shower, I if I, if I had to deal, if I had to have a shower curtain, we have a door shower. Mm-hmm. But if I had to have a shower curtain, I'd go find that one. He and wraps the, and it then, up. Oh, sorry. Oh, and then they made the. Now they have the new shower, the shower curtain bars that are like arcs. Oh yeah. So so that like so you get all that room in there now. Yeah, that's the best. Hit my elbows on stuff. Yeah, love it. He wraps it up by saying, I used to think I was smart, but women really got this life shit figured out. Not sure how I survived without a girl anymore. I wonder if every man has a point in relationships where he wonder how he survived without his girl. Cause I was struggling. Apparently <laughs> you weren't struggling. You just had no standards. You were unoptimized. You were, it wasn't, you were optimized for the life that you were living. I guarantee you had beer in the fridge and chips in the whatever. I mean, you went, you know, it's like, your life just works differently when you're a single guy, right? Yeah. Like, like, like I wasn't I doing just, these things though. Like, I understood no. how to do laundry and the shower curtain and everything. Right. And I would just live out of the dryer, right? I would just, you know, how you would do that. You would just like, like I didn't have to share a washer and dryer with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd wash my clothes. I'd put them in the dryer. They get dry, and then I just live out of the dryer. No, I'm meticulous. I hung dry. Like I know. Most of but my I would clothes. just, I would just go to the dryer, get out the sh- shirt I wanted to wear, the underwear, some socks. It's like it was like your dresser. It was like, but it was just the dryer. All right. Well, that's it for this week's examination of human behavior. You know what part of the show this is? Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. It's the stupidest things ever said. How come? Because. I backed us into this a year ago and <laughs> we've been stuck to it. It's almost, ever since. it's almost, it's almost over people. It's almost over. Sportscaster Chris Spielman again. Oh God. If you guess wrong, you better be right. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he work for again? Oh, Cincinnati. I, I don't know. I think I used to sometimes catch these Cincinnati games on, uh, he would have to work for were... Detroit. Yeah. Oh, Detroit. I mean, that's, he was, a I don't know. Played. There was, there was, I don't know. There's okay. some, idiot analyst from like Cincinnati who for some odd reason my satellite radio would always like uh-huh. would pick up like and I'd be like this guy's a, how does this guy have a job oh we talked about that the the whip around radio coverage on Sirius yeah and like you and it's just it's wild the 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 homerism and like the lack of like <laughs> situational and strategic football knowledge and available to you as a professional broadcaster Damn. all right actual book titles Hell Comes to Frogtown, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, Fertilize the bas- Blaspheming Bombshell. <laughs> Fertilize the Blaspheming Bombshell? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The other ones made sense to me. Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, like it's a cursed bed that eats people. I yeah. love it. I'm down with it. Uh, this is from inter- Instructions on an App. Click Next to Proceed, right above a button that says Continue. That's Man, just not updating the documentation. If you if you ever had to if you've ever had to write that stuff, it's just always just a pain in the ass. Oh, I had some somebody pointed out some inconsistencies in a business document that I had written like two years ago, and I'm like, yes, because mm-hmm. I haven't touched it for two years. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why don't you update it since yeah, you know uh, so much? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Signed at a New York University cafeteria. NYU dining. Today's vegetarian entree: sautéed chicken with vegetables. <laughs> it's not real chicken, though. It's just ch- chicken. With Maybe the quote quote chicken. It's uh, it's C H I K apostrophe N, chicken. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sign in a classroom. There is no I in choices. <laughs> just... I love shit like that. But Chalk. there is a but there is a oi. Ch- Chalkus. Cho- Chosis? Chosis. 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 This is from The Eye of Argon by Jim Theus, often called the worst fantasy novel ever written. <laughs> really? Yeah. The Barbarian. I've read, some, I've, read some, I've read some pretty shitty fantasy novels. They're pretty bad. There's some bad ones out there. 
The barbarian seated himself upon a stool at the wench's side, exposing his body, naked save for a loincloth brandishing a long steel broadsword. That's how it's punctuated, too. So it's like his underwear is holding the sword. <laughs> it made me think about that one. That one made me think about uh, the Beastmaster just now. <laughs> I don't know why that, sure. that is. Finally, on actual resumes. Mm. Skills. Able to hold bladder, bladder for extended periods. Uh, Amazon distribution. Excellent. Excellent choice for that person. Scott Hansen, the Red Zone host. Yeah. He has to stand there for like eight straight hours. <laughs> they let him pee. When? There's no commercials. I don't know. If anything happens, he has to be there. He he has to be peeing with a monitor then. <laughs> he is standing behind that desk. Yeah, and they might pre they might tape some of those things so he could dash off. But it's all in reaction. I mean maybe the highlight packages. Yeah. 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 He gets to pee during the, the highlight packages. Uh, any gaps in unemployment or sorry, any gaps in employment are when I was unemployed. Is <laughs> <laughs> anytime I wasn't working is cause I didn't want to work. That's right. But I want to work now. So you should hire me. That's a gotcha question. They're just trying to figure out if you went to prison. It's like, if you don't have a job, like what? It's, yeah. What? what were you doing? What were you doing? In what were you doing? What were you doing between February of 2012 and September of 2014? I've seen there's a gap in your resume. Have you heard of uh, Final Fantasy? (laughs) (laughs) And finally, accomplishments met Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I heard an interview with her today, in fact, where she referred to herself herself as Stephanie. And it really broke the fourth wall for me. I was like, wait a minute, what? You can't call yourself. I know that's your name. Right. But I assume that you've left that identity behind. I mean, she's moving back toward it. Oh, she is acting now, right? Yeah. She's going to she's going to stop being she like She can't the always rock. be Yes. Yeah. She can't always be Lady Gaga. Lady, right. Lady Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> there was this funny there's a sports writer who was who used to uh who told told this story about how she used to be the host at the uh, local uh Mexican restaurant where he liked to go. Mm-hmm. Or Italian restaurant where he liked to go. And so when she got famous, he was like, oh, great, Stephanie. She's doing really well. <laughs> it was just cool. Because, you know, famous people come from places. So it's always uh, nice to know. Yeah. I, but you know what? I do not want to watch this House of Gucci movie. You can, I'm taking a huge pass on it. It's, it seems like it's all lots, lots of acting going on. and I'm very and, intrigued and, by it myself. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not I have, sit through Adam it. Driver makes so many movies that I don't see. Yeah, right. And I like Adam Driver, but but that, that, that movie's not. I mean, that my wife is going to enjoy House of Gucci. I am not going to watch House of Gucci. If my wife wants to watch it, I'll watch it with her. And if she doesn't, I'll watch it without her. Really? I, I'm interested in it. Yeah. Okay. I want to watch Gaga and Adam Driver fight. <laughs> <laughs> that seems There's compelling of, to me. It is star studded. There's no question about it. I mean, the. Uh, I'm going to end up watching uh, the other star-studded thing that's coming out. Is I'm going to watch Pam and Tommy. The, oh, uh, the you know, the, <laughs> the Lily James Sebastian I've Stan seen the movie. movie. I've seen the Pam and Tommy movie. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to see the dramatic replay of it. But there's tons of people in that movie. Yeah. It's like, you know, Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman and lots of and other And I don't things. know how they made Lily James look like Pamela Anderson. I've seen those pictures. She looks exactly like Pamela Anderson. It's crazy. Which is great for me. All right. Well, <laughs> since we're already in the overtime, why don't we go to the overtime? Overtime. Do you have anything else you want to say about the no. Pam Anderson I mean, movie? No. Uh, the fact that like it's she looks just like Pamela Anderson, but it's actually Lily James is like a dream. This is what I'm saying. All right. All right. Well, in the overtime, I came across a question. That people ask on the internet. And if you go into these forums where people who are employers ask questions, it's really depressing. Because the questions are basically just like, I'm irked by this one thing that someone does and I want to know if I should like do something about it. And it's like... (laughs) And I want to know know if I should fire them. Basically. So that's what this question is. I have an employee who does everything faster than everyone else on the team and spends most of his day playing video games and not helping his coworkers. Do I fire him? <laughs> All what right. in the fuck? <laughs> right. So there are a couple of there are a couple of things at play here. First of all, 
this is the reason remote work is like so good. Yeah. If you're good at your job, yeah. remote work can be pretty good because you can get a lot of shit done and be really efficient with your time and then like go to the grocery store for an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean this I mean these are these are important things. Now, if you are in a corporate office environment and you're really good at your job, you need to get good at looking like you're doing your job while you're not doing jack shit. Because if you're open about not doing jack shit, people get angry. Yes. And this is this is the lesson this employee needs to learn. Now, you can be great at your job. You can be much more efficient. You can get everything done. But do not, under any circumstances, let people know that you are done doing the things that you were supposed to do three hours into your day. You need to be better off. You need to be better at fucking off and not looking and looking like you're working. Yep. You and that's really screwed up. You need to maintain the illusion of productivity because when it comes right down to it, the work product's there. It's yeah. in the can, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, Jimmy, good job. Got your st- square. Yep, it's all square. All right, see you guys tomorrow. Right? But if you like get your shit done at 1045 in the morning and then put your feet up on the desk and pull your phone out and start playing Clash Royale for the next three hours, people are going to get pissed. Yeah. There's just no two ways about it. And I don't, I mean, so, so now you have to throw it back on the manager. And then the manager has to figure out, like, hey, this person's good at their job. Maybe if I could reward them by expanding their responsibilities or putting the fact that this person knows what they're doing, trying to find ways to get them to be productive with the extra time that they have, yeah. that's on the manager. That's not the manager. A manager who says, do I need to fire this person? Is terrible. Oh my god! No, you need to promote them and give them more responsibility. <laughs> right? Yeah, you need to find ways to like get them to jump in the pool and make other shit better because they're obviously talented. So, yeah. get it together as a supervisor slash manager and get this person into a, a role where they can really do some good in your in your organization instead of wondering if you should fire them. maybe they should fire you yes. shitty supervisor no, if you are not the owner of this business you should probably be fired if this is your name <laughs> this is how you right yeah come on like embrace the talent around you and try to figure out like how they can make your life again better don't push talent away from you that's just idiot talk that is that is those are the stupidest things ever said. It's pretty bad. And then like these links, if you go to the related questions, it's tough. It's like I have two employees who usually leave work at six PM every day. They are good employees, but I do not like that their commitment lasts only for working hours. What should I do as the boss? <laughs> um, uh, get fucked. Cause, yeah. Cause people I mean, things are different in this day and age. I mean, I remember being a young professional and just putting in the grind time because I didn't have you know, cause I didn't want to start drinking it. Six o'clock, I could start drinking at 7.30 and just stay at work and get some stuff done or, you know, make a good impression or do whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, this is, I mean, the expectation that they leave at six, how dare they? <laughs> right. Why aren't you as emotionally invested in this business as I am? Right. Yeah, because you pay me hourly and so I leave. Right. <laughs> That's how this works. It's... I just, it's so depressing to go through this. I feel like it's just so indicative of like the overall problem with the American, American workplace. It's like you say, like I always had guilt when I would be done early with stuff and then feel like I was just sort of like pretending to work and being good at pretending to work, but being good at pretending to work was like part of the job. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and I've said this on more than one occasion that being good at your job is excellent, but the worst thing you can do is make it look easy. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when you make your job look easy, people think you're, you're, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have to add this illusion of effort and this is an important part of corporate life. This is, you know, you can't make everything look so easy. You can't have the answers to everything all the time. You sometimes right. you have to say, I know the answer to this, but I need to make it look like I need some time to figure this out. It's sort of like a Scotty thing, right? On the enterprise. It's like, you know what? I could, I can start this warp core right now, fucker. Mm-hmm. But guess what? My value is based on my ability to bail us out of hard times. And so I'm going to hang out for the times to get sufficiently hard. Then I'm going to bail us out. And then you're going to value me. It's true. And like, don't be a psychopath and manipulate the situation. <laughs> 
No, but, but sometimes I think like, you know, you can also, if you're, what it buys you too, if you're good at your job is it buys you, especially in this age where we can be a little more open about mental health and, and how our, our, our actual personal well-being. if you're in that kind of a workplace and I'm fortunate enough to, to, to work at a place where I can be pretty honest with my boss about like, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's just, that's accepted and, and right. I can come back and try again. Or I can be like, I'm struggling with this project. And it, often what that means is I know what I want to do. I know what I want it to look like at the end. I'm just having a hard time getting started or it's, it's multifaceted and it's overwhelming right now. And I haven't figured out which is the first bite to take. And mm-hmm. that's preventing me from making progress. Right. And I, I, it's about how you phrase it. Yes. Yes. The flip side of this coin is this tweet that says the first thing our new hire did was fix a bug that's been bugging him forever as a user prior to joining the, the company. He then breathed a sigh of relief and submitted his two weeks notice. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> that is so good. Which of I course, encourage all developers to do if you're ever given that opportunity. As you know, as an organization onboarding an employee and then having them immediately quit oh, is brutal. Brutal. But if they did it like this, I'd have to like give them at least some respect. Definitely would respect it. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like, upset, hey. but I'd respect it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, good on you. All right. <laughs> Well, that was fun, and that's our show. And our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipe. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, Reese's Pie.